suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Moran, and my brother JS to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and we hope enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. Today we welcome you to the War of Jenkins Ear Part 6. And so... At long last, we finally reached that moment in time in which the violent incident precipitated, or at least seized upon as an excuse, by which the conflict between England and Spain was escalated to the status of a full-blown declared war and known to history as the War of Jenkins' Ear has finally arrived. And so we continue. For Captain Jenkins, a Welshman, his 1731 traumatic auricularectomy performed without the benefit of anesthesia at the hands of Juan de Leon Fandino, captain of the Spanish patrol boat La Isabella, by a stroke of his cutlass, changed Jenkins' life dramatically and forever. And his suffering was immediate. You lose your ear by cutlass without anesthesia. Your life has changed. But for England, response to the physical assault committed upon the body of the captain of one of its brigs, the Rebecca, off the Florida coast, well, that response was delayed. Response wouldn't occur for another eight years. Ah, the wheels of justice, they turn so slowly. And the unpredictability of British diplomacy. You would think the cutting off of a captain's ear might trigger a military response, but no. It did not. Not in this case, anyway. Now, returning to the Spanish Captain Juan de Leon Fandino and his actions, under the 1729 Treaty of Seville, the Spanish were allowed to board British vessels that were trading with the Americas to verify that they were not, repeat, not carrying contraband goods. But Captain Jenkins' vessel, the Rebecca, was loaded with contraband. After the Spanish um, captain suspected that the Rebecca was nothing more than a British smuggling vessel, and that's what it was, and it, he had and Fandino had caught it in Spanish coastal waters, Captain Fandino forcibly accosted the Rebecca and the Spanish crew, along with Fandino, Fandino, they boarded the the British brig to check for contraband, as they were allowed by treaty. Of course they found the contraband. The Rebecca was filled with contraband. That was the Rebecca's sole purpose, to trade in and carry clandestine goods. It was loaded, filled to the gills, if you understand this, the sea analogy. And it was carrying illegal cargoes of sugar. Now, having, having learned all that, Fandino, he felt he had to um, mete out justice to the man he deemed most responsible for the illegal smuggling activities in Spanish territory, Captain Jenkins, British Captain Jenkins. Fandino decided Jenkins needed and deserved punishment for directing the vessel's criminal activities in Spanish territory. Okay, so far so good. At least it seems to me. Now, I get the, the, fink, the, the fish stinks from the head men mentality. 
or so it is said. Jenkins was in charge of the ship, so he's going to pay. So let's accept as the captain of the Rebecca that Captain Jenkins deserved to be punished in some fashion for the activities of the Rebecca. But it's here that Captain Fandino and I sort of part company. First, Fandino decided that Jenkins had to be tortured for a while. I mean, this doesn't seem right to me, given that it was 1731. I'm, I, 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 but I guess I have to take into account that the, 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 the Spanish Inquisition was still going on. Now, I might have, say, imprisoned Captain Jenkins, you know, confined him to La Isabella's brig for some reasonable period of time. I don't know exactly, but let's say six months or a year seems reasonable, doesn't it? Or, or, or maybe adopting Singapore's harsher protocols, you know, still in use in 2023 these days, maybe subject the captain to 10 or a dozen strokes with a waterlogged bamboo cane. Now, I'm not a big fan of caning people, but 10 or 12 smacks, uh, you would probably hurt a lot, and maybe that would do the trick. But torturing Jenkins for a while and then cutting off the guy's left ear? This seems extreme. Come on now. You'd think that, that Captain Jenkins was no more than a prized but defeated bull in a Madrid bullring. Come on, Spain. You can do better than this, can't you? What kind of mind goes to these places? Let's torture the guy for a while and then cut off his ear with a cutlass. Yeah, well, I guess the fact that it was a Spanish Inquisition should tell us everything. You know, I'm thinking about this now. You know, Captain Jenkins was treated like a dog. You know, clipping a dog's ears is one thing, maybe. Cropping a dog's ears... You know, as far as I can tell, provides no benefits, no medical benefits to an animal. And of course, it's painful and dangerous and done strictly to satisfy weird, perverse, you know, dog owner human instincts that, you know, defines cropped ears as being more beautiful than the dog's natural ears. That's just weird to me. By the way, speaking of dogs, and this is completely off the point, that reminds me that George Orwell's dog was named Karl Marx, and Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones named his dog Syphilis, which is symbolic of something. Anyway, let's get back to Jenkins and his ear. Post cutting off Jenkins' ear, Fandino presented the left ear back to Captain Jenkins. What is this, a gesture of goodwill? What? A souvenir? A token? I mean, what's going on here? Hey, thanks a lot, Captain Fandino. And it's not like it might have been surgically reattached to the captain's head. Certainly not in 1731 in the Caribbean. But Jenkins, he was attached to that left ear. Well, sort of, in a way, he was attached. Or perhaps, perhaps he was... He was so attached, he was thinking way ahead to some date, way in the future, when someday that ear might come into play. He kept that ear. It might serve an unusual purpose. 
exactly what that purpose might be someday is anybody's guess. But that good Captain Jenkins, he saved his left ear. You bet he did. He placed his left ear in a jar of formaldehyde and kept it for more than seven years. Kept it close to him, just in case it was ever needed. Whoa, sure. But sure enough, later, by God, if that ear did not get used, and to dramatic effect as well. Yes, it did. Post-severing Jenkins' ear, Fandino had given Jenkins one final parting shot before he left, telling him, hey, Jenkins, hey, pal. Well, I, I surmise he said it that way. He said, go and tell your king that I will do the same to him if he dares to do the same. I mean, I, I'm thinking he's referring to smuggling sugar is what I presume he was referring to. But to me, it seems that Fendinho had held himself in far, far too high esteem. He appears to have forgotten that he was a nobody. He was the mere captain of a small Spanish ship, a vessel named La Isabella. He and the King of England were not likely, they were never going to meet up under any foreseeable circumstance at any time in the future, be it near or far. So as for Captain Fandino, as I was once told by a famous U.S. financier, Joe, don't you think you have an inflated sense of your own self-worth? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, that, that guy might have been onto something there. It was, it was close to the bone, I'll say that. Though, let it be acknowledged, or let me acknowledge, that two, two centuries after this incident I am talking about, um, you know, some Spanish guy named Captain Fandino, so two, so two things, you know, do appear clear to me upon further reflection. I am talking about Captain Fandino, Fandino, 200 years after he was dead. He must be, have been a bigger deal than I thought. And then, then it occurs to me that in 200 years, nobody, not a single soul, will ever be talking about me. So I can only conclude, I mean, as I must, I am wrong about the purportedly inflated ego of Captain Fandino. He is... And was, apparently, a bigger deal than I ever gave him credit for. Wow. Reports of, of that Rebecca and La Isabella confrontation and the deprecating treatment of one of the British naval captains um, reached the ear, ironically, of a British royal naval commander whom stated rather matter-of-factly for the record that those involved in the clandestine trade, of, of which Jenkins surely was, cannot complain if their cargoes are confiscated and that Britain often indulges in similar violence themselves. Whoa, what goes around comes around, Captain Jenkins. So such boarding and confiscation incidents were deemed just the cost of doing business clandestine business, and events involving Captain Jenkins and his severed left ear and the Rebecca were quickly forgotten after the Spanish eased trade restrictions on British vessels a year later in 1732. All for naught. Well, yet British 
and Spanish relations throughout the 1730s were uneven. You know, there there are bumpy affairs and hostilities between the two superpowers during this age of sail grew ever steadily, steadily rockier as time went on. Escalation of the of the low-grade conflict grew closer to outright full full-scale war. Tensions increased significantly after the founding of the British colony of Georgia in 1732. There's no mention here of the formation of the Georgia Bulldogs. In any event, Spain rightfully considered the founding of the colony of Georgia by Britain to be an existential risk to Spanish interests in the Florida Territory and vital to protecting shipping routes with mainland Spain. And I don't dispute that this was probably their view. The British viewed the 1733 Facte Familia signed between Louis XV of France and his uncle Philip V of Spain as the first step taken toward efforts to replace Britain by substituting France to become Spain's largest trading partner. This was an action Britain could and would never tolerate. You can see why trying to replace British interests with French interests with Spain. This, you know, this called for a declaration of war against Spain. And it, these kind of calls for the declaration of war reverberated through the walls of British Parliament. When a second round of Spanish um, depredations took place in 1738, Parla- British parliamentary demands for Spanish compensation for British losses led to the hearings in which an astute House member saw the real potential value in calling for one particular Captain Jenkins to testify before a committee of the House of Commons. And it is here where Captain Jenkins again reappears in the annals of history to alter the course of history. And it is here we shall stop and hope that you will turn into our next and final episode of the War of Jenkins' Ear, the grand finale. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you'll return. Bye-bye. We hope you'll actually listen in. Bye-bye. How am I?
myself back The sea is now boiling and I'm getting cold I've lost my sails, got to find a way home Alone in my boat, I think of my wife I'm lost in a drift on the high seas of life From tomorrow, days from the land Nothing can save me unless fate lends a hand Storm, it is worse than I no control The wind and the waves are taking their toll I look to the stars, there's none I can see I'm afraid fate, she has answered me only moments my story will end There was a story I wanted to send Oh, how I dream for the calm of the sea A beautiful face smiling back at me The sea is boiling and I'm getting cold I've lost my sails, got to find a way home when did the skies change? When did they turn black? How am I ever gonna get myself back? Alone in my boat, I think of my wife I'm lost in a drift on the high seas of life When did the skies change? When did they turn black? How am I ever gonna get myself back? Alone in my boat I think of my wife, I'm lost in a drift on the high seas of life. On the high seas of life.